Hello and welcome to The Stack. This week we speak with Marie-Amélie Sauvé of biannual fashion and culture title Mastermind. Plus, we welcome back Carol Iswan of Kuala Lumpur-based Musutris and Dee-Mei Tan of Plates, an independent magazine on food culture. Enjoy the show. From Midori House in London, this is The Stack, and I am Fernando Augusto Pacheco. We start the show in Paris to speak with Marie-Amélie Sauvé from beautiful biannual Mastermind. The fashion and cultural title is a bookish exploration of those topics divided in chapters. For issue 11, the chapters range from Ireland to Proust, a truly eclectic mix. Let's hear more from Marie. When I, I created the magazine, I really wanted to do uh, something very different. You know, I started my career with, uh, at Frenchburg as an intern. And after I did a lot of magazines uh, all around the world, I, I worked, you know, in uh, New York a lot, uh, working for uh, American Vogue and W and uh, after for uh, T Magazine too. That is a bit my experience. And I wanted to do something to create my own magazine to show my own vision, you know, and uh, I, of course, I wanted to do something very different from the others to be uh, more specific. And the most important thing, I really wanted to, to create something very timeless, an object that you can keep and that you can read also, and also something a bit, an object that you, that you keep on your bedside table and that, and that you can collect also. It's that very bookish. Yeah, it's very bookish. And uh, so what was really important to me is to, of course, feature fashion, but also I wanted to create some uh, a very cultural magazine. I wanted to talk about uh, architecture, politics, uh, cinema, of course, it's very important, literature, poesy, uh, all kind of uh, things. And it's writing in English also, uh, which is could be weird because I'm a French, but uh, uh, it was super important for me to create um, an object very transversal, you know, so that very international, that people can read it all around the world, you know, in Japan, in, in America, all around the world, basically. Of course, I, I, it's done by a French uh, woman, but my team, actually, I have a lot of... Uh, people coming from different countries. So I, it, it was super important to create something very global too and transversal and also timeless. So to talk about, for example, stories that you can uh, start to read at uh, one day and, uh, and stop reading it and, and you can uh, take, uh, but you can read that story again six months later, you know, it's still... Accurate. It does feel very timeless. And I have issue 11 in front of me. This issue also presents a new chapter for Mastermind. Tell us a bit more about that. So there's been some changes in the design. What about the content as well? For me, you know, when I, I created Mastermind, so the first issue, I was envisioning a set of 10 issues. You know, it was, uh, it took me a lot of time to in my head to create it. You know, it took a lot of time to find the name, to find the logo, and after to design the cover, for example, and after uh, 
I was thinking that I wanted to do something like a book. So we created chapters inside. And also, you know, we were changing the colors. Each issue, it's a new color. So it's a palette of colors that is, that is very pale. And when I finished uh, the number 10, I thought I should like make changes and create a new capsule, you know, the new capsule collection. It's like you collect the number one to number 10. And after uh, we're going to create a new capsule between number 11 and number 20. We kept the name, but we changed the logo, the typography of the name. And uh, we changed also the um, format of the image that is in the cover, because on the first 10 issues, the, the image was kind of uh, smaller and square and more portraity. And uh, this one is more cinematographic. It's more horizontal. And we thought, yeah, that could be nice to have a bigger picture. So this time than the, than the previous one. And still, you know, we have names. I like the names on the cover, you know, like for, for this one, we had Penelope Cruz, which was uh, amazing. And after we have the always, you know, we are putting a list of names, other names, you know, uh, for example, in that issue, we have Ruth Negar, Thomas Pesquet, Gimel, uh, for different people. I love the division of chapters, I have to say, Marie, because they are quite surprising. You know, suddenly you have a chapter for Ireland. I love that. Yeah, because, you know, when we do, we do meetings, you know, with the team and um, uh, three or four people, no? Mm -hmm. Four or three people. I have Jeremy beside me. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we just talk. And we talk about everything. We can talk about uh, what is happening uh, right now on the news or we are talking about uh, what we like. And we were uh, all uh, quite obsessed about uh, Ireland, actually. I would love to go back, actually, because it's a beautiful country and the people also are very interesting. I love those pictures we did. It's the places where Game of Thrones uh, were filming, um, was filmed. I love those kind of landscape and everything. And we have Ruth Negar, which is a great also actress. And, you know, so actually it's a bit random the way we do sometimes those meetings because everybody's talking about what they like. And actually I like the clash of ideas. It's a way a bit you get information sometimes on the internet. It's a clash of things, you know, or on Instagram, you have an image of a, a model and the next image could be uh, an event or so it's the way a bit you receive information now it's always a clash between things and we were trying with mastermind to do the same actually to have clashes you know so you have that chapter about Ireland and after we have a, you have the a chapter about empire you know, next to Ireland and after you have a fashion story. Actually, if you don't mind, Marie, I just want to, you, you were mentioned the Empire chapter, right? There was one story about the, the pictures by Todd, Papa George. They're amazing, evocative pictures. I absolutely love that one, actually. Yeah, I love those pictures too, actually. I saw those pictures a long time ago and I always loved, 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 loved them. And when we created that chapter about empire, I think, Jeremy, it's you, no, that you, you did remember those pictures and, he, 
And Jeremy came to me and said, oh, you know, those, I know that you love that photographer the, and those Acropolis uh, pictures with those tourists, you know, like visiting the Acropolis. And I said, oh, yeah, I love them. And, I, and you know, we said that it would be amazing to put those pictures in that chapter. You know, what is nice also is that we give space to subjects. For example, I love those pictures, so we were able to, we are free, so we are able to say, okay, we love those pictures, so we're going to put, uh, I don't know exactly how many pictures we have for that, but we have 10 or 12 pages, you know, or 14 pages, which is great for the photographers, you know, we gave a lot of freedom and pages to the talents, especially for photography, because I love photography too, so I think Images are as important as text, in a way. Of course, text is not, you have to make more effort to read, you know, like just to look at some beautiful images is less effort than to read. The reading is a bit, uh, I, I wanted to have actually uh, beautiful images, but for me, text is as important as images. So we were trying to do uh, that balance, you know, all the time we're always thinking about having that balance and, and be very, uh, I don't know if you can say demanding about uh, but the writers, for example, yeah. we, which very, very carefully the writers who are going to write for Mastermind, you know. So it's quite an intense reading sometimes. And we, 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 what we want is when people are reading Mastermind, they are asking themselves questions, you know. That is important also. It's nice to, you know, go from Empire to kind of to Ireland to Fear as well. Also another great chapter because I love scary movies. And I was reading the opinion piece. Uh, that was also another brilliant piece for the magazine as well. No, it's, it's, for me, and you know, I was, uh, you know, for example, I love Proust. I mm -hmm. was rereading Proust uh, recently, you know, it's quite intense. But uh, for me, it was super important to talk about him. Even if I know it's not fashionable right now, because it, the reading, to read Proust is it's asking you a lot of effort in a, in a way, but it's so beautiful. It's so amazing the way it's written. And I love that it could look a bit old fashioned for people to say, oh my God, why she did a chapter about Proust? You know what I mean? Like, a, for example, you know, in that chapter, we ask Constance Debré, who is a, like um, a French writer, a very, um, She's quite, uh, I don't know how old is she, uh, very smart, uh, a very alternative girl, you know, very kind of punk in the, in the way she writes and everything. So she's a bit opposite of uh, Proust. And I, I liked, it's again another clash. We ask, for example, Constance to talk about Proust and that's another clash, you know what I mean? And for example, Constance, she loves Proust. So I think it was uh, interesting to make her talk about him, you know what I mean? Because he is completely, she was talking about Proust in a very different angle. Thank you very much, Marie. And issue 11 of Mastermind is out now with Penelope Cruz on the cover. And after working for years as a microbiologist in Kuala Lumpur, Caro is one founded independent travel magazine Musutris in 2015. Musutris focuses on storytelling with introspective narratives and intimate photography. Monaco's Naomi Shu Elegant met with Caro in Kuala Lumpur to hear more. 
So the idea started off because I was traveling around and then I got inspired with the stories, the experience and the thing that I've encountered throughout my journey and I thought I want to do something with it rather than just showcase on Instagram or Facebook. So I thought I want to do I want to have something that is tangible. And at that time I love magazines so much and I think five years ago independent print is kind of like booming. The industry is like everybody wants to do magazine and whatnot. And I realized that in Malaysia we do not have much titles. So I thought why not produce a magazine and I love photography. I love writing, I love to share my experience and whatnot. So the latest issue was the lost issue where I was focusing on the cathartic feeling of people when they actually get to travel again, that we all know the international borders has reopened and the excitement that we have is something that is new. The feeling is new, you know, like who would have thought we couldn't travel for almost two years and now that we have that feeling and then I try to explore that kind of cathartic feeling and through my contributors, the lost issue is also inspired them to actually find uh, ways in their own country. For example, I have a contributor in Indonesia where he quit his job and then he started to look for his root ancestor story from great-grandparent and whatnot. So it's kind of the journey that he showed is very inspiring and he learned a new stuff like languages, food, those culture, custom, that kind of stuff. So the lost issue is pretty much that that kind of sense, that kind of emotions. So I try to tackle that kind of emotion in that latest issue. What are some of the favorite stories that you've published over the years? either photography or writing from various parts of the world? Okay, I have to take some time to actually pick my favorite. I think uh, the recent one, the lost issue is talking, uh, the cover story is talking about Bombay or Mumbai, written by my contributor Krish in Mumbai, and he really uh, talks about the journey of uh, his life from the rural area to the city and how the city has changed him in a good way but lockdown days had him to go back to his village or rural areas and take care of his parents and and then he suddenly felt that he lost at his own hometown that he needs to go out and go back to Mumbai and that kind of thing really resonated with me as well like I'm based in KL but sometimes you just need to be out there somewhere in any part of the world to actually have you, you to be inspired and to push you to do your thing, especially in a creative world. Everybody has their own coping mechanism to work. And as for me, travel is my coping mechanism and how I get inspired on a daily basis. And that really resonates well with me. And I think it, it could be one of my favorite stories as well. So if I could pick one, that would be it. There's a lot more. I have a story from, I think it's from volume four, the home issue when I was in Copenhagen. I love Copenhagen so much in terms of the design and whatnot. So I met this contributor uh, named Thomas and he showed me his home and he's very particular about his uh, interior design as well. So that really resonated well with me. And that is why I decided to have my my home kind of like Copenhagen-like each vibes whatever because i love interior as well so design wise that could be one of my favorite story so yeah so since you founded it in 2015 how has the scene of other alt or small print magazines in malaysia changed uh definitely is growing but maybe at slow rate at this point 2022 
I do know few titles but not much. Maybe I'm not aware of but there are titles that doing well like uh, if you know Process Magazine so they just uh, launched their second issue I think early this year or last year and then we have Plates Magazine that talk about culture of Malaysia and then we have few other zines as well but then again it's still small because we can still count them so I hope that the, the, the independent print in Malaysia is growing I mean like more titles could be introduced in Malaysian uh, independent print scene because uh, recently I think last year they have KL Art Book Fair I think that's the first time that uh, Kuala Lumpur has its own art book fair and I believe that kind of event really could gather same like-minded people and try out to see what is the scene is all about in KL which I think it's a good move and hopefully I can see a lot more titles very soon I guess. And we stay in Kuala Lumpur now. Journalist and writer D. May Tan founded Plates, a biannual print magazine in Malaysia in 2018. The issues have a single theme, like rice, water or durian, through which writers explore deeper social, political and cultural issues with a depth of investigation that's hard to find in mainstream media. Monaco's Naomi Shu Elegant met with D. May in Kuala Lumpur to hear more. I launched the first issue, Rice, in 2019, and the most recent one is the Seeds issue. So every issue focuses on just one ingredient. I call it like everyday ingredients. So the first one was rice, followed by durian, water, and seeds. And I will go into a little bit more about why I use food as a conversation starter, but I'd like to think of plates as more than just a food magazine. It's an invitation to the reader to begin to ask the questions, who is not at my table, who am I not hearing from, and most importantly, why am I not hearing from them? And ultimately, I would like the reader to, perhaps when they're reading and then they see something like, oh, like this person, even though I'm halfway across the world, it reminds me of someone down the street. And I would like them to go into their own backyards, so ultimately go beyond the pages of the magazine and seek out those stories within their own communities. And when you launched Plates, what made you decide on food as the kind of lens through which to explore all these other social and and cultural issues? So food, I think people think it's a very soft, like very like, oh, cute. When people say you run a food magazine, I think that the first thing that comes to mind, they think, oh, you're doing food reviews or celebrity chef interviews. But Plates, it's not that I wanted to use food as a conversation starter for meatier issues. And what I mean is issues like deforestation, indigenous land, intangible cultures, social justice, human rights. And I think to some people, these issues are very heavy to digest, like in a, to a sense, not that they don't read the news, but perhaps they've been exposed too much to shock journalism. And again, that leads to inaction. And I wanted to replate the issues into a more digestible form. And not to say I wanted to downplay them, but it's just to make the issue a bit more digestible for them to consume and for them to, again, not feel overwhelmed and for them to take those small little steps 
towards reading and honing those issues. Yeah. And why did you decide to do that in the form of a, a print publication rather than you know, an Instagram account or something more online or really anything else? So my background in journalism has always been in print and online. And before I came up with Plates, I did think of having an online portal because just because everyone was doing it, right? And they're like, oh, startup costs is low. But then because I was in the online area as well, I knew the churn and I didn't like the churn of just putting out stories just to fill, and I don't like the word content, but you know, just to fill the space. And I'm, I've always been like a print collector. I collect a lot of independent magazines, I think from a, very, from a long time ago. I would love to geek out with anyone about print magazines, but I collected them. And I guess even now, like even with paperbacks, I still prefer paperbacks over like digital books. And the reason being is when you're, say you're browsing your friend's like apartment or you're in a cafe, you pick up something and you flip through it but you wouldn't do that with a save tab or a link that someone forwarded to you on WhatsApp. You would just be like, oh, okay, I'll get to it later. But I personally have like thousands of watch later, read later links that I never revisit. And the whole point of having print is for someone to just come across it and then come back to it because the, the issues in plates are heavy and they don't have to read it cover to cover in one sitting. They'll just go back to it over the years and. It is an evergreen publication, so the stories are, it's not breaking news. It's the undercurrent of society that happens every day. And can you tell me maybe your favorite story from the most recent issue that's come out, or a story you really like to highlight? The water and the seeds issues both came out during the pandemic, and I was in Rimbundahan. It's a art residency in Kuang, so it's about half an hour, 40 minutes out of KL, but it's this fantastic space where they are the only ones with trees that are 20, 25 meters tall. And when I was there, so the owner, Angela Hijas, she would take all of us, the artists and residents, on a three-hour tour of this 15 acres of land, and she would just point out all the all the trees, all the endemic species that we have, and some of them are even extinct in the wild already. And one of the questions that I found myself asking was, oh, can this be eaten? Can that be eaten? And to the point where she would turn to me and like, what is this urban, urbanite? Just all asking about food. And then when, like three months into the residency, Suddenly, there was this uh, fruiting of the dipterocarp tree. So if you imagine that toy from the 90s, like the sky dancers, the one where you pull the fairy and then she floats up to the air. So basically, that's what a dipterocarp seed looks like. It's, it has two wings and then it, it rotates and helicopters down. So it was something that you don't see every day because there's no time frame for this. It's about like... It happens maybe once in seven years. And this was the first time that tree fruited. And these seeds are important because they are rainforest trees. And I think because of that incident, it made me ask the question, why would you plant something you cannot eat? But also when you plant something that you can't eat, you are also reforesting areas 
that were chopped down. It's also food and shelter for a lot of other species besides the consumer. So I think that was that was something that that really stood out to me. Like the whole notion, even though Plates is a food magazine, the part when you start thinking about agriculture and what else can you plant, and even though it's not edible, in a capitalist world, it makes you rethink your priorities. That's it for this week's show. My thanks as ever to our editor, Nora Hall. If you have any comments or queries, feel free to email me at fpandmonaco.com. And remember, we're back next Saturday at 10 a.m. London time, or you can always download the podcast on monaco.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And before we go, a little song for you. It's the Pet Shop Boys and Open Mind. You've been listening to The Stack. I'm Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Until next time, it's goodbye from me. We took two steps.